Hey, God bless you. Listen to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson, and we're continuing our series, uh, Do Not Take Heed to Fables. Um, I made these um, podcasts a little bit shorter uh, because there's a lot of information coming at you. Uh, last week, we dove into um, Paul's warning to not take heed to fables. Uh, he uses the word mythos five times or uh, four times in the New Testament. Peter uses it once once 34 54 in your strongs go look it up um this word literally means um a fabrication it means um a fable a fable is a story or a speech that is used to replace or subvert uh, the truth to undermine the truth and paul is adamant about not taking heed to them and we talked about where some of these fables uh, originated in the second temple period um, and doing a study of the Second Temple period, you find a lot of the books of the Apocrypha, the Pseudepigrapha, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the emergence of the Zealots, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Essenes happen in this time period, this intertestamental period. And so we're going to keep going today. We talked about last week about Azazel, and Azazel leads us into our myth, uh, mythological person this week, um, the character Lilith. If you never heard of the character Lilith, you're going to get an education today. Um, Lilith is uh, characterized in our modern society as the succubus or the incubus, um, the seductress. Um, some of Lilith's characteristics have been mixed in with Jezebel. But Lilith um, is a character that comes out of that second temple period, out of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, and out of some of those legends and we will dive into that today on love thy neighbor as we find out who is Lilith on the love thy neighbor podcast network welcome to the love thy neighbor podcast network i'm your host anthony wilson thank you for listening thank you for supporting uh if you would like to uh sign up to support go to anchor.fm slash anthony wilson slash support uh you can go there right now and sign up and we'll send you a free ebook we're working on a couple of new projects that are going to go out the hand of god check that book out um if you're uh, wanting to sign up i can send it to you for free um, day by day, our 30 day uh, guide to help you in your walk with God. Uh, you can pick that up. And then there's a little ebook called Ecclesia. Um, I can send that to you. Ecclesia is a, a book about the church and uh, what the church today looks like, what the church is supposed to look like. Um, definitely pick that up or sign up for the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network and I'll send it to you for free. Um, thank you for my supporters. Thank you for helping us and supporting us and keeping us uh, going so that we can do studies and bring you um, more information like this. And so let's get into it today. I'm going to do just a little recap. Uh, we're doing a series called uh, Don't Take Heed to Fables. And this is based upon Paul's warning to his spiritual sons in the New Testament. And when you look up the word fable, the word fable is interesting, muthos, uh, 3454 in your strongs. It literally means a story or a speech, um, a fable or fabrication. It is a story or um, a tale that is supposed to replace, subvert, or undermine what is actually true, which is very, very important for the discussion that we're going to have today. We talked about last week, Azazel. 
and how the Jewish legend um, of Azazel uh, that grew out of the biblical text, the, the Day of Atonement, there was a ritual where Aaron, the high priest, would take two goats and he would cast lots, which means he would um, uh, figure out which one, which one goes for the Lord and which one is going to be sent off into the wilderness. And so one was to the Lord sacrifice. And then the other, he laid his hands on that one and sent it into the wilderness to represent the departure, entire departure or entire removal of, of, of sin from the sacred places. And so one would die and then one would depart. And this is found in Leviticus chapter 16, verses um, 8 through 10. And the word scapegoat there is the word Azazel. And Azazel, um, somehow in Jew Jewish tradition, um, was mythologized in the second temple pseudepigraphal book of Enoch, where he became uh, a fallen angel who came down on Mount Hermon and then began to teach humans forbidden knowledge uh, in Jewish tradition, Azazel was believed to be a spirit that haunted the desert, a fallen angel. Um, and these are late interpretations. And these interpretations replace what the Bible actually says. Once they begin to pawn Azazel off as a fallen angel, um, it actually takes away from the idea of the scapegoat and how um, it had nothing uh, supernatural or mythical about it. It was basically a symbolic ritual uh, to cleanse the temple, cleanse the sacred spaces of Israel um, during that time. And so as we dive into this week's discussion, we find another individual who uh, starts off as basically nothing. There's nothing there. But throughout history um, becomes this mythical, um, horrific character that represents um, human, uh, that represents a femininity and um, a rebellion against the patri patriarchal system and, you know, things like, you know, not, not saying that the patriarchal system uh, should be, you know, upheld in the way that it is, but there should be equality. But uh, Lilith is the individual who began sort of a revolution of ideas. Um, even the, the fact that she was a woman and a demon, which comes from um, Mesopotamia. Um, they have female and male, male and female demons, whereas in the Hebrew belief system, there were no female demons. Um, so even the term Lilith is probably borrowed from Babylon. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something interesting. So I found this video that covers um, the alphabet of Syrax interpretation of Lilith, which um, the, the person doing the video says that no one knows when um, this account was written. But history says that it was written sometime between 700 and 1000 uh, AD. Um, and I'll give you all the references and I'll put all my resources, all my sources down in the uh, description below. But he begins to tell this tale of um, Lilith being the first Adam or the first wife of Adam. 
And this is not only uh, confined to the alphabet of Syrac, but it also is in the books of Adam and Eve, which were written a lot earlier, but still way after the Old Testament uh, book of Genesis. And so um, these are all reactions. See, that's the thing that we have to realize is that a lot of these writings are reactions. Someone read something and they felt like there should be more. I want to tell the story. And all of a sudden it became circulated and people began to discuss it and people began to say, well, man, is this true? And uh, that's where we are today. Lilith has resurfaced um, as a, a, a very popular, if you go on the Internet and Google Lilith, you're going to get so many references that's going to blow your mind. And so what I'm going to do is I'm kind of going to interact with this video. So I'm going to play a little bit of the video and then I'm going to pause and um, break some things down. And so as you're listening, grab your Bibles, grab a notebook uh, and just be prepared to follow me. And I'll have the uh, link to this particular video in the description as well. So if you're ready, here we go. chance to load here. Here we go. All right. We all have heard of Adam and Eve, who according to the Bible, were the first couple of human beings created by God. But an ancient Jewish myth contests that Eve was the first woman. This myth states that before Eve, there was another woman, Lilith. Unlike Eve, who came from Adam's rib, Lilith emerged from clay along with Adam. Since she was created by God in the same way as Adam, Lilith did not submit to her husband's commands because she thought she was equal to him and did not accept Adam's domination. Lilith. Okay, I'm going to stop there and I just want to address that first point here of Lilith being created from the ground just as Adam and because of that, not willing to um, submit to the commands of her husband. If anybody's ever read Genesis chapter three, which is the account of the fall, um, you do not see Adam, um, giving Eve commands. As a matter of fact, Eve seems to have a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy because she goes off and she has the conversation with the serpent and eats of the fruit and then gives it to Adam. So Adam wasn't in this place of domination over her. As a matter of fact, when God created uh, Eve from Adam, he created her as his equal to find somebody equivalent to him so that they can fulfill the purpose uh, that was there. So that's the first issue that I have with um, Lilith, you know, although we, we know it's a fable, we know it's, but some people just overlook even taking the story and applying it to scripture. Like, okay, so let's look at scripture and then look at this story. Um, that makes it untrue right from the beginning, because, uh, the, whoever the writer was, they were making it seem as if, uh, Adam was domineering over Lilith which Lilith never was there, but Adam didn't even do that with Eve. As a matter of fact, it was Eve that gave Adam the fruit, not the other way around. 
And so you never see in the biblical uh, account anywhere where Adam dominates over Eve. This is a part of the myth and this is a part of the fable. And so it's subverting or undermining the truth. All right, we're going to continue forward. And Adam inhabited the Garden of Eden. But Lilith's rebellion put her in a situation where she was forced to choose between submitting to her husband or leaving the Garden of Eden. Lilith was not willing to give up her independence. Therefore, she opted to leave Adam and the Garden of Eden behind. The first woman ever created went into exile and settled herself near the Red Sea. God sent angels in an attempt to convince Lilith to return to the Garden of Eden, but she turned her back on God. Without his wife, Adam started to feel lonely. God, seeing that he was struggling with loneliness, decided to create a new woman for him, Eve. Okay, so Adam starts to feel lonely. And and you see how that kind of matches up a little bit with the Bible where he says that it's not good for man to be alone. But you see, there's all this backstory that doesn't fit. And so here's a very interesting thing, and I'm going to pull this up. In my Strong's Concordance, um, Lilith is not mentioned in the Bible until Isaiah. And Isaiah would be mentioned, would be uh, a thousand, fifteen hundred years away from uh, about about a thousand years, eight hundred to a thousand years away from the Genesis account, right? This is when the name Lilith appears in the Bible and it appears in uh, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 34 and verse 14. And even when you see it, you, you, you when you read it, you don't notice it unless you're reading something that is Hebrew. Um, out of the New King James, Isaiah 34, 14 says this, the wild beasts of the desert shall meet with the jackals and the wild goat shall bleat to its companion and also the night creature shall rest there and find her place of rest okay um in the footnotes of isaiah chapter 34 in the new king james it has the literal meaning of night creature which is howling creatures but then it has the hebrew translation of that word or transliteration of that word night creatures And it is Lilith. It is Lilith. And so I will then go to my Strong's coordinate and I look up Lilith and it comes up as 3917 in the Hebrew. Now, here's what it says. Lilith, a female night demon. Um, This night hag, a name of a female night demon haunting the desolate Edom. Okay, not Eden. As in the Garden of Eden, Edom, as in an entirely different place. Okay, we can see where if someone thought that she was haunting Eden, they could put this thing together. But it actually says Edom, which is a different place. It says it's probably borrowed from Babylonian. It's a late Hebrew um, translation. Uh, Lilith or Lilithu comes from Assyrian as a female demon. Um, uh, these legends grew in later Judaism 
which is in that second temple period or beyond, uh, where they began to give Lilith uh, these demon characteristics. Now, the literal translation of Lilith is an owl. That's what it says. If you're looking at your Strong's Concordance and you look right at the top under Strong's Concordance, Lilith is an owl. As a matter of fact, in the King James, the original King James, it says a screeched owl. The NSB says a night monster. The um, New King James says also a night monster. The ESV version says a night bird, which again gives the idea that this could be just an owl. And because this owl is out in the middle of the night, um, uh, there's a lot of folklore around owls being spirits or being some kind of a uh, scary thing. When you look at the Strong's Exhaustive, um, it says screeched owl from Lelil, a night specter or screeched owl. And so somehow this owl or this night bird became a monster, became a demon, which turned into what we know as Lilith. And so this idea of Lilith um, grew throughout history. And so even the time that Lilith is mentioned in the Bible or where people cite it is so far away from the Genesis story that Lilith could not have been and was not a part of the original story. And so one of the questions that uh, somebody asked me says, well, was Lilith Adam's first wife? No, she wasn't. As a matter of fact, Lilith was not a real person. Uh, number two, was Lilith the first woman? No, she was not. Adam and Eve. Um, Eve is the first woman. Uh, was Lil Lilith oppressed by Adam and she rebelled uh, because of Adam's commands? No, Lilith didn't exist. And Eve was not even uh, oppressed or suppressed or under Adam's thumb. Eve actually had freedom and autonomy. All right. So we're going to go back to the video and hear some more. Let's see what else they have to say about Lilith. Due to her decision to reject the creator, Lilith was demonized. She was now considered a woman-shaped demon. Okay. So again, this comes from the Mesopotamian religion of male and female demons. Um, in order for Lilith to become a demon, she would have had to been a fallen angel. Well, even in their story, she's not a fallen angel. She was a person. She was a human being that um, chose not to submit to God. And so I guess they're saying that she was just transformed into a demon because she was not submitting to God. Whereas when you look up a demon in your Strong's Concordance um, and take a good look at it. In the Old Testament, it is the word Shahed or Shed, uh, seven, seven, 7700. And it probably means demon because in the Old Testament, you really didn't see the terminology demon. Um, there's only a couple of places, uh, Deuteronomy 32, 17, and I believe uh, Psalms 106, uh, 48 uh, is another place. But this term demon is not really used in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the term demon is used uh, various times. As a matter of fact, um, daemon, 1142, evil spirit or demon, or daemonian, which is 1140, demon, evil spirit, heathen deity. 
And this is used 63 times. And in both of these, 1142, 1141, and 1140, they are all fallen angels. And so demons are fallen angels, not people who were really bad and got transformed. Okay. And so this whole idea comes from a different belief system. Again, Mesopotamian, Babylonian, Assyrian, Zoroastrian um, has an influence on this. And I'll, I'll talk more about that in another video. All right, let's keep going. Let's see what else they got. In her demonic shape, she would have the power to instigate disease in newborn children and to protect children from evil. The babies were given amulets with the names of the angels who tried to take Lilith back to Eden. Okay, here's another problem with this story is that nowhere in the Bible does it teach that God uh, would give someone some type of um, physical <laughs> um, pendant or amulet or, or some type of, um, you know, protection that way. Our protection is in Christ, right? Our protection is the armor of God. The Bible says that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. And so um, that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have made any sense. And in the Old Testament, you did not see demons. So for her to be a demon, this has to now have crossed over into a New Testament time period where demons are on the earth and uh, Jesus is casting them out. And Jesus never came across Lilith. Isn't that interesting? He, she, he comes across Satan. He comes across um, the spirit of a python, he comes across unclean spirits, but never comes across Lilith. Lilith should have been one of the demons that he came across and cast out, but it never happens uh, because this is not a story that is trying to respond or react to something in the New Testament. This is a story that is replacing, subverting or undermining uh, the creation story. All right. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. These stories affirm that Lilith was jealous of the happy life Adam and Eve led in paradise, and as an act of revenge, she assumed the shape of a serpent and tricked Eve, forcing her and Adam to taste the forbidden fruit, which caused the couple to be expelled from the paradise. Okay, so I want to bring something up here. Uh, Lilith being jealous and being tur turning herself into the serpent. Now, again, this is an attempt to um, figure out where the serpent comes from. There's a lot of debate about the serpent. We know that you don't know that Satan, the devil, the serpent of old is that serpent until later on in the Bible, um, which says that it took time for that to develop, uh, and to understand who that was because Satan in the old Testament, and I won't get fully into this was still, uh, working for God. He was still on God's payroll. He was still a part of God's, uh, counsel or a part of his group of angels that he would send to do his work. As you see in Job, uh, chapter one and verse six and Job chapter two and verse one, that he is among the sons of God. And, uh, he actually gets his orders from God and sent to, um, test Job. And so, um, this, uh, Lilith transforming herself into the serpent um, is, is again an attempt to subvert, undermine, or replace um, the actual story. The second thing that I notice here is um, this version 
totally defies the biblical idea of marriage. Right. And so, you know, according to, you know, the Bible, uh, God made the male and female and he made one man for one woman. Right. If the story of Lilith is true, then God made two women for one man. Adam had a second wife and Eve is the second wife, which God is not one for divorce. So he would not have condoned that, you know, even um, what Eve did, you know, by listening to the serpent and offering Adam the fruit and them sinning. God did not separate them. And as a matter of fact, Eve had a chance to stay and she went with her husband. And so there's something different going on here. There, there, there's this idea of uh, Lilith being the first wife and Eve being the second wife uh, doesn't jive with biblical um, marriage. And so why would God engage in um, a marriage and divorce type situation when that's not his plan? Now, I'm not saying anything against divorce. It's not the unforgivable sin, but it's not God's plan, right? God's plan is that what he joined together, let no man separate. And the Greek word join, uh, suyanamu, nami, uh, suyanu, namu, nami means to, for two people to join together for one purpose, to be yoked together. Uh, marriage in the new Testament is a union of uh, husband and wife, uh, living better together for the Lord than either could do alone. And so God's goal is to put two people together that can live better for him, right? Better for his purpose, better for, you know, the glory of God. And so he would have known again that Lilith <laughs> wouldn't have been right for Adam. So why would he do that? You know, uh, why would he put, put her in there? And that's a whole nother discussion because some people can say that about Adam and Eve um, as well. Is that, well, God knew this was going to happen. Why do you let this happen? Um, and so this whole idea, though, about Lilith, you know, rebelling, it just doesn't jive because Eve was pretty independent and pretty strong herself. Lilith's story is quite well known, yet this version is not present in the Christian Bible and it is rejected by both Catholics and Protestants. The version in which she would have been Adam's first wife is found in the Sirach alphabet text. The date of the writings is unknown, but it is believed that they were created already in the medieval era. The myth of Lilith is found in Hebrew, Babylonian, Sumerian, and Assyrian mythology. The figure of Lilith in Mesopotamia was seen as an evil deity. Okay, let's stop there. Um, this whole idea that uh, this version um, is was kept out of the Bible um, is untrue because he says that no one knows. But, yeah, we do know um, that the Syriac alphabet, um, the alphabet of Syriac was written somewhere around 700 to 1000 A.D., which would have been so far removed uh, during the medieval period, so far removed from ancient times um, that there's no way that anyone would have took it seriously. Now, earlier 20 BC, which is a lot closer, which fits into the intertestamental period or the second temple period, just before the dawn of the new Testament, right? That would 
fit a little bit better in the books of Adam and Eve. And in that particular book, um, Lilith is considered his first wife, but for a different reason, which tells you that the writers who wrote in uh, 700 to 1000 AD were piggybacking off of that and kind of manipulating it a little bit more. And, And as time goes on, it grows and it grows and grows and she she gains more powers and more uh, mythical legend. There's just so much to her that, man, I couldn't even there's no way that I could show you all the stuff. If you went and Googled it yourself, you're going to find a whole lot of material on her. OK, we're coming to the end. Let's see what we got left. Or when associated with the moon, she was regarded as a goddess with different phases and therefore different moons. That way, she could be seen as a fertility goddess, but also as a devilish figure. There are theories that state that Lilith's absence from the Bible was created during the councils that defined the canonical books that would. Okay, um, there are theories, and these theories are wrong because all the books of the Bible are attributed to prophets and apostles or people directly connected to the prophets or apostles. Okay. Uh, None of the books that weren't written by these individuals, um, either prophet or apostle or someone directly connected to them, were accepted. Even some of them that bear the names of biblical characters, um, if they couldn't be linked to a prophet or apostle or someone who was directly linked to that prophet or apostle, um, they were not accepted. And a lot of people don't know that that was the process. They make it seem like it's a conspiracy, but it really wasn't. You know, a lot of these you could not verify um, if they were linked to an actual prophet, an actual apostle or someone who was directly connected to an actual prophet or apostle. What constitute the Bible as we know it today? The figure of Lilith as an independent and strong woman will go against the patriarchal structure one of the cornerstones of the Judeo-Christian culture. For this reason, Lilith was embraced by the feminist movement. She is often regarded as the first feminist. The movement claims that Lilith was unfairly demonized, like most women in our history who have attempted to defy the patriarchy. Whether as a demonic figure or as a symbol of women's struggle, Lilith's story is still the subject of much interest. All right, so Lilith... Um, becomes a symbol for modern feminism, uh, you know, the the feminist movement. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I could see how uh, that would be that way because of the abuse of the patriarchal system and women feeling like they need to get out from underneath it. And um, especially when you look at um, Adam and Eve, they were equal. But after that, the punishment that came down from God was that Eve would have her desire for her husband. She would have pain in childbirth uh, and things like that. When you look to the New Testament, they cite back to the beginning where Eve uh, sinned and uh, say that women uh, take a, a step back and kind of in culture and history, depending on where you were, uh, there was this idea 
of women being less than. But then there wasn't, you know, you go through the Bible and you've got people like Deborah, who uh, Barack had to come to her for wisdom. And she told him, well, if I have to go with you, then you won't get credit for the battle. And then uh, uh, Jael is the one who ends up killing uh, the king and winning the battle. Um, you have the Proverbs 31 woman, which is such a high standard of a woman. Uh, amazing Esther uh, using her her um, ability to know the king and have position uh, using that position. You have the, the women prophets uh, throughout the Bible. Um, and so uh, it wasn't always just women, you know, be under your husband, be, you know, be a doormat. Um, I think that idea has been amplified um, in some way, shape or form and is not exactly um, accurate. Um, it has it has been a problem throughout history, but even Jesus promoted women um, and allowed them to do a lot of things around him. He never even looked at them in any way uh, derogatory. And so I think that there's a, a lot of bias uh, reading the text that causes this idea that men are supposed to be dominating over women. And that's not that was not the case. And that shouldn't be the case today um, that God created um, Eve equal to be an equal partner in the purpose of uh, tending to that garden. And um, that's what the case was supposed to be. And that's what it's supposed to be today, um, that God joins us together for one purpose so that we can live better together for the Lord than we would separately. Um, and it makes no sense for uh, a man to just dominate over his over his wife. And it's, that, that's not biblical. That's not what the word of God teaches. And so um, this is Lilith. Hopefully, if you have any questions, comments or concerns, you'll reach out to me. Um, send me a message on anchor um, dot FM slash Anthony dash Wilson slash um, message. Um, if you'd like to support, go to anchor dot FM slash Anthony dash Wilson slash support. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Um, give me your feedback. So I know that um, this content is um, informative and it's blessing you. I want to work on a way to apply it uh, to our everyday life and our everyday understanding. And so it would help me if you had questions uh, that I could uh, work with and apply it to. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. Remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself.